Previously on Different Gravy. Schrodinger's boxed. <laughs> yeah, Schrodinger's boxed. Uh, is it a boiler? Is it a sex toy? Is it a relegation? We'll find out next week on Different Gravy. different gravy not just another sheffield wednesday podcast i'm one of the hosts richard miller and my co-host forgetting the sheer depth of ineptitude within this squad thought that simply paying off craig forsyth would be enough for the win today dr luke gledall how are you doing today luke i'm good um i did well i i i do have a correction to make there i did actually give a little bit of something to the to the linesman today i must say <laughs> well interesting oh yeah <clears throat> We can get to that. Uh, we mm. will get to that. Sorry, it's a bit Freddy foreshadowing for what we're doing. A bit right, Freddy foreshadowing, but um, uh, I believe you've got something from the often silent uh, higher ups at uh, Gravy Industries, Luke. I do. Well, um, you know, it's it's again, it's another top bit of quality event television for Wednesdayites from our friends at Amazon Prime. Mm. And what better time to announce this one, Rich? It's one division. That's right. We get to join everyone's least favorite characters from the Wednesday Cinematic Universe in their newfound married relationship. That's one to rip you off, played by Amadou Paxel, and Lack of Vision, played by Dejvan Chansiri. <laughs> join the original odd couple in a world where everything is not as it seems. That's right. It looks like a series of old dative TV sitcoms. And who could blame you for seeing that as Wanta constantly brings in some age slapstick football players to keep us in some tedious and unfunny comedy to new and insane depths? How much longer can Wanta keep lack off outside of reality? Find out in the very limited series of WandaVision on Alison Prime. <laughs> and, I mean, obviously there's some inspiration there from WandaVision, but um, it's taking its inspiration from old UK sitcoms, so... You can probably expect people in like blackface to be playing the neighbours and things like that. So it's going to be really groundbreaking stuff. I think it's really going to challenge people's uh, perceptions, their thoughts, um, and uh, good luck on them trying to get a laugh out of some of those those situations. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, we'll get on to get on to some news before we get on to the biggest chunk of news, unfortunately. But let's uh, well. I was going to say that that almost made it sound like the, the news that we'd be dealing with was lighter. But the the main chunk of news that we had was that uh, <laughs> the players the players weren't paid again in April. Mm. Um, so in the midst of this uh, relegation slog between three or four teams, depending on how quite how um, high on Wickham you could you can get, um, not paying the players seems like a really great idea, doesn't it? People are always motivated to do their work when they won't get a guaranteed reward for the work they're doing. That's what I've always known to yeah. be the case. I mean, maybe it's such a radical take on this that, like, um, you know, maybe maybe Detron's like, well, you know, the sheer vast bags of money I'm giving them is not really doing anything for them. So why don't we try the opposite, which is, you know, starving them of uh, starving them of the contracts contracted wages that we said we'd pay them every 
every week or every month, however it works. Yeah, and you know, telling people just wait a month, they'll get double. And um, I believe reading, you know, well, I, I maybe I'm reading uh, the wrong between the right the wrong lines, but I believe this occasion uh, on this occasion it doesn't just affect the playing playing staff; it's uh, it's other people around the the club as well, which is oh, fantastic. Um, Fantastic. Yeah, it's really great. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I personally, I, I mean, we shouldn't make a distinction between the players in this situation and other people, but I guess you know we think they've they're, they're very well rewarded the players, um, so therefore probably should have some reserves. But uh, we know that lifestyle tends to sort of expand to take up your a good, you know hefty chunk of your salary, regardless of how big that salary is. So there will be payments on things and mortgages etc to pay so the situation <clears throat> they might not quite be month to month in terms of the way they live but most people that's um most people couldn't skip a paycheck or two uh so to be asked to impromptu uh, on an impromptu basis is pretty pretty awful uh and i on can't have helped of, the mood around the club really on the number of cajuns for the last year and then beyond yeah for part of these people's contracts so no, it's, it's a it's, new kind of economics. You know how Marx wrote at length about the the sort of industrial industrialization of of things, mm-hmm. um, cutting the the you know cutting the working man away from the the things he was making. Um, maybe this is just the next stage of things. Is that essentially it's it's all of the alienation of um, <laughs> of of sort of industrialist capitalist society, but also at the end of it, there's the fun of a kind of gambling element where will i get paid this month will i not will it be double will it be so half of it who knows um not good uh mm. <laughs> i don't know that it i don't know that you can directly correlate player performance to when they've been getting paid or when they've not been getting paid we uh it's happened so often it's a bit hard to draw direct com- parallels but it can't help. Nobody's going to be playing better because they've not been paid. So, uh, pretty pretty poor situation to be in. Um, no. And then, would you would you want to reward this club, as you said, with a performance that's fitting of mm. that behaviour? Um, you'd surely think about not want to encourage that. Uh, if you're one of the many people out of a contract at Sheffield Wednesday Football Club going into now this end of the season, would you want to even entertain the idea of doing more of this? In the future, yeah, um, we know that the pandemic has left big gaping holes in a lot of people's finances because it prevents a lot of economy, right? Prevents a lot of yeah. people going to places and doing things in the flesh, so things just don't get done or get spent anymore. Um, but I don't know. Like it's uh, it's um, a handsomely paid career, but it is a short career. Um, Absolutely, living the life of a footballer, so I wouldn't blame any of those players for thinking they don't really want anything to do with this. Um, and and all of that stuff is even prior to. We really don't ever. Re- we will never get a full insight, and we'll also never get a full insight because you know we're not um, a god or you know god or gods plural. Oh, what? And, <laughs> I like you go. Oh, there's there's more of them now. <laughs> just news that hadn't occurred to me that I wasn't a god. But, um... Breaking hoo-hoo's, Rich. There's there's more than God. There's God. God's plural. Oh my goodness. What are you? What are your live reactions to that for? 
it's shaken my beliefs to their very core. <laughs> okay. I I know you got really shocked when you saw Dogma and you you spent like a good two months contemplating Alanis Morissette as God. I know that. So <laughs> Anyway, let's let's uh let's bring it back onto something that you may know about, which is uh, <sighs> that you may be quite comfortable about and it won't shock you, which is this football club is run very, very poorly. So, I mean, we don't really know the chicken and egg situation with what is coming first and what is, you know, is that making the, you know, is that, <laughs> is that the pure cause for, like, a degree of toxicity around Sheffield Wednesday Football Club? Um, I don't think it's the entire thing, but it must have quite a big influence, I must say. So... If there's a lot of a number of things going on and it's all pretty bad, the thing I will say is, um, yeah, I don't blame any of the football players if they think I, you know, even if there was a contract on the offer on the table, would even say the the concept of signing and sticking around for another year or two. Years yeah, it's a, <laughs> it's just so strange. It's something that we've never ever. The club has been in dire financial straits. We've mm. never heard the tell of this before. And then in the Chancery era, it's become almost a monthly... I mean, this season is almost a monthly occurrence. We It's happened previously as well uh, under his reign. Who knows? I mean, it, it just adds to this overall feeling that this is a this is a this an absolute shambles top to bottom. Yeah. Uh, but it, I, I'm, I'm curious how much this has happened in the history of football, but it does seem like a, a recent occurrence. Like well, Derby have had times where they've not paid their players, haven't they, this season? So yeah. I, I, I'm sure, I'm sure there's no, there's no nothing that COVID has helped apart from um, a few donors to the Tory party that suddenly found that they could make PPE equipment for lucrative sums. But outside of that, you know, most normal businesses, uh, COVID has not been a great boon to. Uh, mm. So I do appreciate that you know it's difficult, times are hard. Uh, but it's just the very base things of what what you know what happens. The base function of running a club is is covering those those base expenses. You've given all these people these contracts. You've got to pay them the money that you've said you will pay them. And as you say, yeah, renegotiation. Why would you want to sign up again to be part of this? Yeah. Uh, why would you want to join? You know, if you're a new player, looking from the outset, yeah. It's really all round a really, really bad look. Um, we can't have a good rating on Glassdoor, can you? No, I imagine on Glassdoor, pretty shoddy ratings for uh, for old Sheffield Wednesday, which would mean it'd be like a three point seven or something. Now, yeah. now. Um, so we've been we've been kind of the other thing uh, in, we we cover this in the news section. I don't. It's not really news, but uh, we've we've had a little flurry of correspondence with from from listeners which is really nice um nice to feel that we're not just sort of shouting in a well for on occasions <laughs> so uh we've had a lovely message from david holdaway um look you know looking back at a sad strange season and uh <laughs> pouring scorn particularly on Kadeem Harris and saying that he won't won't miss him, but also saying how much he's enjoyed the podcast as it's gone along, which is, um, you know, that's really nice to hear. Thank you so much, and um, thank you for reaching out to us. It does it does make a big difference, um, and particularly this season of all seasons. It's it is a 
it's been a hard go around sometimes um, to pay full attention to this club when all you want to do is turn away. Uh, and sometimes it's been therapeutic. I think more often than not, we feel better after we've talked, Luke, don't we? Uh, despite the fact we have misgivings going into a conversation. <laughs> Do we, do we, Rich? No, no, we, no. Genuinely, <laughs> it, it actually does make me feel better about things. So. A problem shared is a problem halved. So if we're both halving a problem, that's only a quarter of a problem left at the end of it. So it's a lot less problems by the time we, we finish up. Who, who knew that Bob Hoskins and BT were onto something when they said <laughs> it, was, it was good to talk? It's good to talk. It's good to talk to cartoon rabbits. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to accept a nice bit of bunts to be in the Mario Brothers film. <laughs> Luigi! <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just a truly awful New York, Italian New York accent. Uh, oh dear. And a bizarre film. Uh, <laughs> one of the other messages we've had is, is uh, I'll, I'll sort of, I'll probably read most of it because it's it's laying out a scenario and then asking some questions in the midst of the of this. So it's from Mike D. I presume uh, Mike Diamond from the Beastie Boys, uh, which is really cool. So it's so cool that he listens. Is your name Michael Diamond? No, mine's Clarence. One of my favorite oh, things Clarence. in all of music. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I also got to give a huge shout to uh, to Mike's uh, Twitter picture, which is uh, Schrodinger's cat. Uh, on a t-shirt coming out of the box saying i'm alive which, uh, <laughs> really enjoyed and also brilliant that he reached out to us given that you know schrodinger's boxed yes our last episode <laughs> where we contemplated whether it was um a weak forest team or a boiler in the box <laughs> yes or a sex or a, toy or a sex toy or a relegation and it turns out it was a relegation all along <laughs> uh, spoiler alert uh, so, yes, yeah, so Mike D from the Beastie Boys uh, writes, uh, hi both, do you think a parallel universe exists where Stephen Fletcher doesn't injure himself playing against Brighton in the FA Cup last season uh, and he continues in good goal-scoring form? We finish comfortably top half, allowing us to push ahead with the FFP case and absorb the 12-point penalty and avoid relegation. This sets up uh, sets us up for a far better season and uh, this season and instead of the nightmare we've all had to endure. We limp along mid-table, still end up with more and get rid of the overpaid crap in the squad. Uh, and he, he then draws attention to the fact that even his dream possible uni- parallel universe still has quite low expectations for Wednesday. Uh, <laughs> and uh, he, yeah, sure, surely the makings of a blockbuster film, if only we can persuade G- Gwyneth Paltrow to play Stephen Fletcher, then we're on to something. Um, and then he, he wonders if we can pinpoint an alternative moment where things went wrong, either when we appointed Monk, when Chen Siri bought the club, when we signed Rhodes for silly money or a hundred other bad decisions along the way um, mm. finishes with the line that the, the 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 road to league one is paved with good intentions good intentions and bad substitutions i think is the is one of my is probably a, an addition i would make in in the punch up <laughs> but <laughs> so what do you think i mean that is a big what if we don't that would be a fascinating thing to know still is what happened during that christmas period because we went from third in the table we did lose Fletcher. Um, mm-hmm. He was hugely important to the team, and he barely played, barely kicked another football um, after 
unnecessarily playing that FA Cup game against Brighton. Uh, Bar a spawny goal, I think, at home midweek to the Charlton, wasn't it? I think so. Because that was one of the rare occasions we won a game of football at Hillsborough. Yes, time, yes. Wasn't it? Yeah. I think we would have. I mean, I, I, I undoubtedly, I think we would have finished in a much more comfortable position last season if if Fletcher had stayed fit. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I just worry how the, the the incompetence in the running of the club. I, I worry that we wouldn't have got things right with with where the penalty fell, and it wouldn't have happened at the right time. Um, mm. But. Yeah, the, plan, the original plan was to take those 12 points, but it would have relegated us, so they got pushed to the next season. Mm. Uh, so, mm, uh, yeah, that is a, it's a sunnier place. And I love the thought of Gwyneth Paltrow mimicking Stephen Fletcher's hair very precisely. I love the idea of that, and also love the idea because we're playing off, you know, popular different gravy reference film, which Rich and I have never seen. Maybe we could do that for a future episode. We could watch... <laughs> We could do a watch along to Sliding Doors. Sliding since Doors. It is a, since it is a, a different gravy reference special uh, that we often whip out. So I really enjoy the concept of getting Gwyneth Paltrow to play Stephen Fletcher and then her love interest is just John Hanna. <laughs> and John and John it Hanna looks is more Stephen like, Fletcher. Essentially is Stephen Fletcher, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So I, I really like that concept. Entwined, do you think that potentially in this alternate universe... Stephen Fletcher sells a candle that smells like his gooch. <laughs> I love that idea. I love that idea. <laughs> what would be called? Mick, mixty me. Mixty me. Smells like gooch in here. I know. I'm Stephen Fletcher, and you can experience <laughs> the full the full force of my taint and your very own home. <laughs> I'd also love the concept of Gwyneth Paltrow just doing like the, like just wearing like a fake stuck on moustache, just looking like, and then just being like, just really talismanic, just, <laughs> just buff, buffing some centre backs around. You know. Oh dear. I think way, I'm... way better than when Saturday comes, let's be honest. <laughs> oh, it's sort of when Saturday comes mixed with that. TV show where he where Dreams Team. Sean, oh well, I was different one, the one where Sean Bean um, dresses as a lady. He was a um, he was some sort of rough prostitute, I think. In it, um, oh, I just assumed that from looking. Yeah. I have no idea what the context in the film is. I just assumed looking at Sean Bean in drag, he must have been playing a rough prostitute. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, sorry. So, in terms of pivot points in the there is there is that scene there is that scene where he walks walks past me and you and you you just say to me, I reckon about twenty five quid. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that oh, that would be at the oh, top geez. of the things. <laughs> oh jeez. I reckon he starts at twenty five, oh. but probably by about ten o'clock at night, he's really he's knocking about for a five hour. I think, but uh, anyway. <laughs> Let this doesn't bear thinking about, please. <laughs> On today of all days. Um, I think in terms of pivot points, it is interesting to think of those moments where things go awry. I, I do think signing Rhodes was a big a big moment when you look back on it. Well, how, how far back are you? Because, I mean, Mike's email kind of is detailing the last season and a half, effectively. 
last year and a half. Looking I at say. you know when like when like zygotes sidled up to the warm areas under the ocean and all those sort of things. If we developed to have three legs and stuff, maybe we would have Sheffield Wednesday would be better at football. Um, sorry. Um, <laughs> I know. Callum Patterson do... has three legs and he's still not really better at football. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think I don't. I don't think Chancery buying the club in and of itself is a te- is a terrible moment. Obviously, it's led to a terrible moment. I think the strategy was so close to working. So I think you can look at you can look at the the playoff final not turning up at the playoff final. The team not not performing. I think in particular Forestieri being really disappointing that day. Um, I think weirdly you can probably look at when Helan. Um, retired from football like I don't we mm. never quite replaced his pace he he, he had an occasional place and an important place in the in the squad um this, this seemed a continuing narrative and I'm, I'm unsure where it came from that you know on the Carvajal we seem to live very much without pace well that's yeah Helan was the the burst of sort of brutalist direct pace that we had in the whole squad um and then obviously the semi-final I think we I think we were lucky to get to the. We were sort of. It was a. It was a. A great ride, and there was some wonderful football. I don't know that we deserved to be the team that got to the playoff final the first season under Carlos. I think we were the best team in the playoffs the second season. Under oh Carlos. yeah, that's yeah. the one. I think that night at Huddersfield, that's a big. That's a. That's a big pivot point for the whole well, story. You, you know, uh, to go back then, you talk about. We talked about Stephen Fletcher. Stephen Fletcher coming off is a huge moment in that, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And then obviously Hutch missing his penalty, Rhodes not taking a penalty. You know, this they kind of stack up from that point on. I think weirdly looking back at this season, the a huge, huge moment. I mean, mm. it felt big and dramatic at the time. Uh, but the the Izzy Brown, Izzy Brown uh, corner corner really has grown in in mm. size and today almost was like the difference between well, survival and let's just go back to Huddersfield again I want to say um oh yeah um, you know Fernando taking a very weak penalty mm. do you want to ask me how weak it was Rich how how weak was that penalty um it was weaker than homeopathy wow <laughs> what's weaker than homeopathy First year, he's penalty. Yeah. That's all, right, all right, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> all right, all right. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think you can... I'm, I'm sure every team can do that, though. I think that's the thing. Those moments in games, those what-ifs, if Bannon scores that the um, the penalty... Uh, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I think they, they have more prominence because we knew what the moment held for us and... It, it's all this kind of failure to react to the the sort of enormity of the task at hand is uh, is a big part of why we've ended, up, why we've ended one, up. Rhodes is a difficult one because, you know, it's just been so needless in terms of strategy mm. on the pitch and it's never worked out and it's been so costly. And also then kind of looking at and viewing it like, um, like a structured deal, if we're led to believe it's yeah. the mentality is it was 8 million, 2 million over four seasons. It's a mistake that we've continued to pay for year after year. It's, it's been a long-standing virus yes. that we're getting over. You know, is is that transfer deal? That's a big one. I, you know, I'm looking at this, Rich. We can talk about a lot of moments because yes, I think it's endless. It's a great question because it's something I think about a lot, which is like where 
what is the moment where things fall apart for us? And it's difficult to pinpoint in this season. There's, there's so many of those. Mm. But I definitely think I've got to say, true to very much our conversations and our mentality and what we put out there um, in this podcast is different gravy. Mm. The moment where whatever decision is made to ostracize Kieran Westwood and yeah. not sign a new goalkeeper. Yes, yeah. That is just damning. At whatever it's level it's made, it's as, such a terrible choice. It's such such a bad choice. And maybe that's a great segue to look into to bring us to today's game. But I, I think there's lots of games where we say, if we just had a bit of extra and, uh, standard and quality... Could I have between, one last one? Between the sticks. Grand scale. I feel like maybe mm. the most important moment in our recent history, mm -hmm. last five years... Uh, we should have, uh, we should have, should have sold Forestieri when he refused to get on the oh, bus to huge, Norwich. Huge, 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 huge. I, I think it, it, it started this. I think this is an era of complete player power. Um, <laughs> maybe across football, but particularly at Sheffield Wednesday. And I think, I just think things changed. We were on such a high that you were at that for that that Villa game, like the. I've, I've yeah. never felt, even though we lost at Wembley, yeah. the feeling being in that crowd was, well, it doesn't matter because we have got something. We've got a team to be proud of. We've got we've got some belief in ourselves. And the way, I mean, the 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 night at Hillsborough under the lights where we where Brighton just crumbled under the pressure of just how huge Wednesday could be. Uh, they were dropping mm. like flies. I think they ended up with like 10 men on the pitch just because people just kept falling over injured. Uh, that got kind of... The fact that we stayed and sung and we there were more Wednesday fans in the ground than whole fans, even though we'd lost. Um, that fed into... And then I thought that it, the atmosphere in Villa, I don't remember being at home games feeling whether there was such a boisterous, overwhelming feeling. And I think the start of that turning can really go back to that forest area refusing to get on the on the bus and it became it became like back into factions and picking sides and all the rest of it and this the stunt with like he had his push bike and this is my bmw and st I mean, it was just so such childish nonsense i know anyway sorry uh, we can go on and on really um just in terms of correspondence we've also had a, a great question from uh, Aaron on Twitter and we will deal with that uh, next week which will probably serve as our kind of season review type episode mm -hmm. uh, so uh, rather than uh, make it an, a, another sort of uh, hat on a hat today we will give it its uh, its due uh, next week but that yeah that brings us on to so Rich you've got the package right there how how is it mm, it's black and gold it speaks to quality and untold goodness so this is the Weed Whacker, electric nose and ear hair trimmer. Waterproof, got that same skin-safe technology as well. Oh, 9,000 RPM motor and a 360-degree rotary stainless steel blade system. So you're not missing any angles. I don't know if you know they, about they really don't loop. shirk. They really don't shirk on quality, do they? they don't. I, I do know a little bit about angles, but why don't you tell me more about angles? Well, 360 is, is pretty much all of those angles covered. 360-degree. <laughs> it's See, gotcha. It's right up there in terms of coverage of angles. It's cordless. It's rechargeable. It's got a 90-minute battery in there. I, I mean, it's a it's a lovely-looking thing again. 
you you end up with a product that's not just useful but also a looker as well. I'm looking. For, it's a, oh, it's, it's, it's dropped at gorgeous. Mm. I must say. And uh, I'm just yeah, I'm looking forward to to whacking that up my schnoz and in my lug holes, clearing them out. I, I imagine I'll be hearing more things. Yeah, smelling new scents. There you go. You're going to be a you're going to be a changed man next time we talk. Absolutely, it's pinnacle performance in in a in a in a tight package. This is this is what you want. No nicks or snags. That's what she said. Thank you for the folks that have gone ahead and ordered things. We're kind of shocked and amazed and hugely pleased that some people have. If you want to go ahead and, and make a purchase, if you've been holding off through the month of April, it's still happening in May. Uh, you can get along to manscaped.com and use the code GRAVYBALLS to get 20% off and free shipping. You know, turn that gooch into Gucci with Manscaped. That's part of the new copy loop. Do, do you like that? You've always been a fan of I alliteration, yes. and you've always really liked that the peritoneum. So that's your two favorite things together. <laughs> they just they speak to everything I want with their quality products. Uh, Manscaped.com, gravy balls, and twenty percent off and free shipping. Manscaped, your balls will thank you. The big game. I, I thought you were gonna. I thought you were gonna play another soundbite which I hadn't heard of, which was somehow me saying breaking poo poos. Breaking poo poos. Well, maybe you've, maybe you've given yourself a job there, Luke. <laughs> uh, yeah, another early start for you. Are you are you getting used to this now? No, <laughs> I'm uh, I'm pretty amped right now. But I mean, mm. I'm I'm here as we speak. It's nine fifty one a.m. Uh, Mountain Standard Time. I got a big old day ahead of me. Uh, I'm getting my first shot of the vaccine. Which is big yes. here because Canada's been incredibly far behind on <laughs> vaccinations because of numerous, numerous reasons. And we've got the worst record in North America, including the 5th of May. I noted that Alberta had more cases of coronavirus one, than the UK. Yeah. So it's a lot of stuff going on. Um, mm. A lot of stuff going on in my life. So I could really, could really have not done with... The 12.30 p.m. final day. I mean, that is one thing I guess I won't miss about the championship is, for some reason, the way they set it up. I don't understand today. So what we're finishing as we speak, I think the League 1, sorry, the League 2 kickoffs yeah, are finishing as we speak. So things are being decided in League 2. But why, why 12.30 p.m. for championship? Why uh, 3 p.m. for League 2? why 3 p.m. for League One on Sunday? No, 12.30 p.m. or whatever it is. It's just all great content, Luke. That's what you've got to remember. It's good content. Going to spread that content out. Because you won't be getting any of that content for a couple more weeks. There's going to be some weeks off of content. I'll have to show some other sport that people don't care about instead. (laughs) That'll be the European championships or whatever it's called well the other thing that i thought was weird today so because obviously we've got the early kickoff I, yeah i thought there was some concerted effort to try and make sure teams kicked off at the same time is that just gone out the did window how did that not happen we started about four minutes after rotherham but presumably because we were on sky oh nice oh that's good well, rotherham 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 diff was on sky wasn't it no we were, oh, it was. They did have cameras. You know, I, I could have selected. Yeah, they, 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 we did get to see the the incidents from that game, but it wasn't. You could only watch our game, I think, as far as I was aware. Oh, I, I could have watched Cardiff Rotherham, which was a 
tantalizing prospect at mm. numerous times within this game. I, I could have just decided just to watch anything else. <laughs> really. Like, you know, for a game that was, for a game that, you know, ultimately was a bit of a grandstand of a season in terms of, I think, for the for the viewer. By the way, we can put into the notes, actually, I did get a fantastic tweet, which I'm sure people have seen, that my brother sent on, which was, um, um, I'll just describe it, we'll put it in the show notes as well. The rest of the league watching Wednesday and Derby. And it's a clip from Simpsons where people are betting on a boat of two monkeys fighting. <laughs> well, it was it. Yeah, I read the. There was like an athletic article, which was um, it, it was Nancy Frostick, who's the who's the sort of mm. person for Wednesday, and some other man who was the who's the person for for uh, Derby, and they were kind of doing a back and forth so answering the same questions from a Wednesday perspective and from a Derby perspective um, and it was really interesting there was loads of comments at the bottom like more than a normal Wednesday uh, article in the athletic tends to get and it was almost all from other teams uh, saying you know um, putting their oar in and saying how much they were looking forward to watching the game or um, things like that so um and mostly wanting Rotherham to stay up because, um, you know, I guess Derby and Wednesday have got enough of a reputation to have ticked off everybody. Uh, whereas, yeah, little and, you know, I think everyone it... loves the little mini pigs. Will Will Rotherham? Little 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 Rotherham, bless their hearts. The little team that could but couldn't. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I think I can. Oh no, I'm fucking shite. <laughs> I mean, they had so many games in hand with which to, uh, yeah, with which to sort of take things into their own grasp, and they just abjectly refused <sighs> to. But then I suppose we did too. So, uh, mm. what can you say? What can you do? Uh, so, <clears throat> Wednesday perspective, uh, t- team news. Well, we had Darren Moore there. Mm. Interviewed before the game, but he seems to have taken part in interviews after the game, which is weird. I think we were told that he couldn't be interviewed before the game. So I don't know what was going on because I was surprised. It sounded like he was going to be in the ground, but not pitch side. But then he was pitch side. Hmm. Anyway, nice, you know, nice to see him back. Nice to see that he's on the road to recovery. Um, You'd hope looking at it from the, you know, that would give us a boost. Um, We've made Rhodes was back in up top. Um, and it felt like Rhodes and Patterson were much more of a traditional two up top with Windass kind of buzzing around them rather than it being a three. Did you get that feel? I had no, no idea. <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. I'm sorry. Fair I'm enough. sorry. I can't get anything. The only thing I said was, is now the time to reshuffle the pack defensively? Well, that's Probably so that not. was the, yeah, we worked Dunkley back in. Uh, so probably not, but then Derby score, fuck all, dot, 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 so far this season. Yeah, yeah. Forward-wise going for it. So Dunkley started in the middle of the the back three, which, again, is it's one of these changes that means th- three changes because it means Hutch moves out to the right-hand side, it means pa- uh, Palmer moves out to the right wing-back position, and then obviously Dunkley's a new presence in the middle. So it's one change that actually causes upheaval across the board. The only two players that don't move around are, are Burner and and, uh, and Reach, and you could argue that those two have been, the combination of those two defensively has been 
one of our weakest points of late. So uh, I don't know that necessarily that's the bit that you'd want to keep together, but that's what it happened. That's what we did. Um, <laughs> so uh, my we decided at the last minute that it would be weird for my sister and I to not watch this together, having been there through thick and mainly thin uh through <laughs> through all these years watching wednesday the, the, the wafferest of fins the wafferest of waffer thin gruel served up by by this football team uh we decided it would be weird to not 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 be together for it she is in my bubble so it's all above board um you know this thing that people are like living on edge of being accused of doing something untoward bubble wise like every, I don't know if you have it in Canada, but like every TV show is like, they did film in accordance with the rules from the government. It's just so, who's oh, at home? Like, I tell you what, if they've not done this in accordance with the rules from government, I am going to come down on them like a ton of bricks. Do you know, like just yeah. waiting to like, I don't That's know. like that, isn't it, really? A tax inspector or a people, pool attendant. People, people have fuck all to do these days, Rich. I guess so, but like, Find somewhere else to get your joy. It just really... It's a lot of a lot of firing up the typewriter. Yes. It's a lot of finding new creative ways to say, imagine my disgust. Needless to say, I was flabbergasted to find out that Moira Stewart and Trevor McDonald are not in a bubble together and therefore should have been at least two metres apart with masks on. <laughs> Imagine my disgust. My, my news reference finding right out that Moira Stewart, Moira Stewart was not related to William G. Stewart of fifteen to one fame. Uh, Smith and Jones, uh, <laughs> not known to share an abode, uh, though they work together. <laughs> not known to share an abode. Amazing. <laughs> Sat far too close together at that table. Yeah. <laughs> no masks. No. I did observe there was there was no um, egress or ingress to uh, the situation, so the air is building up. There's a heady amount of uh, droplets being built up. Anyway, <laughs> right? This I just, I just, it's one of those things. Like, what mm. I don't understand. Who's who's uh, sat there taking notes? But we all live in fear of these people. <laughs> uh, Rich, a question for you, and I do apologise because I. I realise that I I am a man who lives in the other part of the world, and I I I feel like when I bring this up, I just imagine our hearty and lovely and sweet, dedicated UK listeners shaking their head at my fascination to ask you, who did you have on Sky Sports coverage? Ooh, we had so in studio. Proton was you know the man the man who can. Um, what's he called Neil, whatever the uh, the Millwall ex Neil Harris and Don Goodman. Oh, okay, okay. So that's a pretty bit. I don't know. Weird guns, not big guns, but weird. That's guns. weird. That's a weird one. And then Hinchcliffe. Oh, I, I was wondering if Munker, Munker, Munker was a Johnny. Vegas. By that I mean Johnny Vegas and Gary Monk. <laughs> I know. Yeah. No. 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 No Monk. Trying to, uh, no. Trying to, trying to get ITV Digital off the ground again. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine if you could watch all these shows at the at three o'clock kickoff. It'd be great, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so I suppose we got the Wednesday representation from mm. the fact that um, uh, did Proton play for Derby as well? No, no, he didn't, did he? So no. Proton's next Wednesday, and Hinchcliffe on the commentary, co-commentator duties. 
uh, is obviously X Wednesday. I think Goodman did play for Derby. I don't know what who why Neil Harris was there other than he's a manager in that league. Um, <laughs> he was. Was has he been fired? He has been fired, hasn't he? Well, he's a perennial manager in that league, though. He, he'll get another job, won't he? Mm. He's done vaguely okay somewhere, so he'll continue. And he's white, so he will continue to get jobs till he dies in Oof. league in championship and Sca- league. Scathing. <laughs> well, it's you know, I speak truth to power, Luke. That's one of the things I've always done, and uh, I refuse to be shut down by anybody. <laughs> I'd like to think that Black Lives Matters used Neil Harris as a token kind of the white man. Oh, failing upwards <laughs> um so anyway yes so we that was our coverage i can't remember who the who the main commentator was but uh, i don't think it would mean anything to you or i if i if i did remember um right. so i i think hinchcliffe does an all right job on these things he does come with a kind of air of superiority i think he does too many premier league games and he kind of he brings a sort of Charlie Big Potatoes energy to uh, to to his coverage of the championship occasionally. Um, Got a few ideas above his station. That's right. So the first big moment of the game. So what what that means is my notes are not as um, precisely min- minuted as they normally are, which may be a, uh, a blessing or a curse. It depends. Mm. Uh, depends how much you enjoy that sort of micro level detail uh so the first big moment of the game really was seeing slash hearing that wing had scored for rotherham uh th- that was pretty much the first thing that happened in our game was just being told that rotherham had gone ahead and it was an absolute perler from uh from lewis wing uh really? looks, looks to have been a very good signing for for uh rotherham by and large because he looked good against us as well um yeah nice sort of volley from the edge of the box kind of thing it was a it was a it was a decent mm. effort uh and then i started to my conspiracy theorist mind was like mccarthy looked ahead he saw that this day would be so important for him and for us and that's why he was so charming after we spanked them because he knew he'd get his revenge by just putting out his team to lose to rotherham and, and- <laughs> uh. turns out mix one again Bucket aces. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then the next thing was Waghorn just smashing himself against the goalpost as hard as he could. Um, yes, yes. <laughs> nearly converting from a corner, but almost killing himself in the process. And that left us with a nice, long injury, uh, injury delay. Uh, so not only did we kick off after Rotherham, we also then had a good sort of four or five minutes uh, from that one injury uh, that put us behind their their time their timeline as well. Uh, I I messaged my elder brother Andy to say uh, I'm glad he's I'm glad he's okay because then I can laugh about it. <laughs> it did look worrying at first because he really it did. Move. Well, it it you know in a pretty uh, you know in a pretty dead dead stadium. Mm. You know, it made a very, very it, loud noise. It made a big noise. You could you could sample that and use it in like you could use it as martial arts films. Arts. Martial arts films, yeah. It was... He uh, perhaps uh, hit the post of it too well. I could say <laughs> <laughs> he hit the post and came back out again. Um, oh, 
<laughs> but apparently it looked for all the world like he'd headbutted the post, but it, it actually was his chest apparently that made the most contact. So he oh, okay. really had the wind knocked out of him uh, hearing but him. But I mean, I, uh, I was staggered that he's still... I'm glad he's okay. I, I wouldn't want to see it being someone picking up an injury or... But I, I thought he must have because I thought he'd hit it with his head. I thought, oh, he's yeah, he's gonna be he's gonna be subbed off. It's gonna be a concussion here. And it looked and I mean, like they were going through the, the concussion protocol with him, like they were checking mm, his eyes and things. So, well, the uh, when the Wednesday health physios, health physios, the health uh, physios, yeah, the health physios. <laughs> when the Wednesday physios over helping out as well, apparently. Oh right, okay, maybe that's what the, that's what that's what me me generic. Commentator man, the St. John's, mm-hmm. so, St. John's health physios, the Wednesday health physios. And but I mean, it, it was a soft corner to concede, I must say. It was in a very typical Wednesday fashion, and then looked like you know we we were not covered for that corner at all. No, no, it and was, I was staggered. I staggered. He missed. Yeah, there were a couple of occasions where Derby missed chances today, and it's one of those where it kind of bounces off the hoardings and then goes round the back of the net and it looks like it's kind of yes for a second looks like you make it think that you know they rippled the net from the inside you know? well Wycorn had that didn't he he had that header that sort of did mm. that and then he he had a free kick late on that was the same <sighs> free kick of the death of half time wasn't it yeah 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 um, and that was the same thing it sort of touched the uh whatever the name of the line that goes from the back of the goal to the whatever to the post behind it is to make it nice and taut. Um, it, it hit that hit that hit that line, and uh, it, it looks very. It looks like it's gone in, but gone through the net. Basically, is what it looks like. Mm. <clears throat> I almost thought that had happened with this header. Indeed. So, uh, I, I just my, yeah. My next net was uh, two very poor teams playing nervy football. Uh, Dunkley mm. looks miles off in terms of sharpness. He may be fit, mm. but he didn't look. I mean, he misjudged some headers by six feet or more. He was miles miles off. There. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we had a huge let off when I thought it was Roberts, but it, I, I could stand to be corrected. But hit a decent shot through through to that Westwood palmed out straight to Kadeem Richards. Um, who bundled it home despite a handball attempt from Hutch, uh, but thankfully was found to be offside. That was a real. He's been. Uh, he's definitely been training with uh, with Wildsmith, hasn't he? To get that beautiful palm out to the striker. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. He laid it up right at his feet, just how you'd want it. Mm. <laughs> uh, we also. I don't. I can't remember which side of our goal this happened, but another kind of moment to just fill you with confidence was where um westwood came to the edge of the box shouting to sort of claim a ball and dunkley it ran into dunkley and that ball sort of broke loose um Mm. i can't as i say i can't remember exactly where that happened but it was towards that was just before the goal just before the goal uh 45 minute plus is my notes westwood spilling his hot slice of future papa john's there (laughs) a preempted little foreshadowing hmm but despite, I mean, you're right. I think Derby, Derby had some chances. They had, they had that mm. header. Um, they looked the more, they looked the better team. I think for most of that first half, I don't. They think. did. They did. They, uh, they looked like a team with far more agility and mobility than we had. Mm. I can't remember the last time we looked that sharp. 
And we didn't in just that, didn't look like we really got going. Yeah, probably probably against Cardiff, I guess, maybe. Probably. But that's been yeah, yeah. That's been it's been quite a rarity of looking looking like that team. Mm. You know? But sort of against the flow of things and against the run of play, we managed to get ourselves ahead. So it was a long throw from Patterson. Mm. Uh, Flick on by Burner beating Forsyth, who had a real peach of a game today, Forsyth. Um, a brave header from Rhodes. He really put himself in there to get hurt. He put himself between two Derby men and got a good header on target. Um, and it produced a good save. And, and Hutch poked in the, the rebound. So 1-0 against... We barely got forward all game, but yep. we made them pay for, uh, for, for that throw-in. Yeah, I, I thought it, uh, Rose did exceptionally well to get so much power behind that header. Yeah. You know, really brought out, like, he got it low, brought out a really kind of firm kind of stop from the... And um, I loved Hutch lunging at it. Yes. <laughs> you know, kind of did a little... Um, yeah, he did a little lunge forward to kind of stab it in. <laughs> and not for the first time this season, he was a very chuffed man running away, big cheesy grin, and... Uh, mm. The cat that got the cream once more. There's a lot to be said for like even how you might feel about uh, Hutchinson. <laughs> so I forgot. <laughs> I've forgotten Hutchinson's first name for a second. Sam. Sam Hutchinson. There we go. Sam Hutchinson. Samuel. Samuel Beckett Hutchinson. No, Samuel Beckett Hutchinson. Like I, it's great to see him score. Like just for yes. the fact that like he's looks so pleased with himself on every occasion. Well, the, the, I mean, the, <laughs> well, regardless of how you feel about you know him coming back and mm. his presence and things like that, mm-hmm. simple. I mean, I don't know what we would have done if we didn't have him. He's been an ever present because we've not had any options. Part by a, I know, part. I know, I know, I know. That's interesting. I've been thinking about that today ahead of. I'll probably you know the week coming kind of fire up. I'm weirdly looking forward to our season review because I kind of miss. I kind of miss talking about the players individually, mm. so that's going to be fun. But I was, I was thinking a lot about Hutchinson in that regards. Yeah, and I mean, I think maybe I was kind of doing, getting ahead of myself at that point to think. At that point, if it was a one nil win, and you know, if that's if Rotherham managed to stumble, which they did, mm. then wouldn't it have been God? Wouldn't it have been such a such a crazy sweet ending to bringing Hutchinson back? Absolutely, yeah, it would have been. Fairy tale stuff, I think it's fair to say. Yeah, uh, th- that's. I mean, that's it from my notes from the first half. Did you have mm. any, anything else that you sort of picked up on? I've got quite a lot from the first half. Okay, great. Um, also, I just want to say was like uh, that Waghorn free kick. Mm. That uh, that was a bit dangerous, wasn't it? It was. It was. Yeah, it was mighty, mighty close. A player who I kind of slagged off on our talk this week. I've always vaguely admired him, and I don't know why. I, I've liked him in previous years. I don't know if he's just coming to the end of that he's spell. Not, yeah, I believe he's not. I think he's been good season. This was like scored like four. I think he might have got to five goals eventually mm. this season with the price he got today. So it's a pretty bad return. But then Derby have been pretty, pretty poor with that. I must say. So by all means, you know, going ahead, you know played a very big part in this game and fair play to him. Um, I also think it was a little bit unfair. Let's just kind of cut forward quickly. Um, not because it's going to be something so big. <laughs> he should have been sent off. Like, I, I'm really, really against him talking to the players. I don't even know what the rules are on that. 
Well, because they seem to say he didn't even get a yellow card, because I thought that was the point they said. They gave a yellow card to one of the subs. Right. Strangely. But, but not him, because he, I mean, he's out of the technical air. Well, subs seem to sometimes kind of have little hands in things from the side when they're warming up. Well, today there was a lot of shenanigans, particularly towards the end, like players kicking balls out and kicking balls onto the pitch so that there were two balls. Yes. Yeah. And then Patterson's run, particularly his last like long throw, there were two Derby players very, very close, like encroaching I mean, on his space, basically. I mean, it's, it's weird because that is some top-quality cheating, but you wouldn't expect top-quality cheating from Wayne Rooney because... Um, you know, he just does like bad quality cheating, like shagging grannies. <laughs> oh, sorry. Sorry, I think it's... Uh, That's rather good. It's just a standard that I think everyone has to just mention. Whenever it's, we mention yeah, it's a, it's, a fair, it's a fair deal. Uh, so, I've, yeah, I've got a lot of notes for the first half. So Go for it. Hit us. Okay. Um, the commentator said hilariously at the beginning that, like, a nice little imagery said it's a titanic tussle Ooh. at the bottom of the division. I, I would rather we... Uh, I, I think this would have worked. It has worked before. Could we have just gone with a home kit for this one? Oh, I don't know. Because I think Maybe. we've played Derby in their white while we've been blue and white before. Like, there's enough there to differentiate. It's not a clash. Yeah. Mm. Maybe. I... I d- <sighs> Early note from me, I said, anyway, let's move on. I said, could be such an iconic day in a, such a poor season. Flash forward to the players reflecting on this day as part of a Talking Heads documentary years into the future. <laughs> All of them can't recall the first five minutes either. <laughs> I mean, not, this not looks from the outside. concussion, but just due to the, the, the sheer forgettable nature of it. I don't really have much apart from, like, Bannon flapping it wide. Mm. On the seventh minute, he hit that one really well, but you know that was pretty wide. That's a kind of use. in terms of a. Mm. It's maybe something more for next week. A kind of postseason reckoning. How uh, you know how many moments has Bannon had in his hands to 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 make things to change the course of things and 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 make things much more comfortable for us and and not quite been up to the task like that sort of shot. Mm. It would be such a brilliant thing for the captain to go and do is just wang one in, set us off on a comfortable win. You know, that would have been great lead by example captaincy. And it just quite often when the moment is big, the moment is too big for Barry Bannon, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> Only a weak guy. I want to see you write a series of Jack Reacher books about Barry Bannon. <laughs> Baz Baron. Who would play him? Gwyneth Paltrow again. She's got she's got Scott's in the plan for Wednesday down off Pat. <laughs> <laughs> she's the natural choice. I was listening to a great podcast, which I think was like I can't what's called, but it's basically what people have done in the quarantine. Right. And they interviewed my one of my favorite writers, internet writers, is a lady named the name of Brandy Jensen, who's actually from Calgary. <laughs> and uh, she's written she writes she used to write, I don't know if she still does a great internet advice column called Ask a Fuck Up, basically, right. which is just incredibly well written and thought about. <laughs> and um, uh, she was on there talking about how she read all the Jack Reacher books in the pandemic, all 23 of them. Wow. Because she's, she's got a thing for, like, reading reading that kind of dad literature, as she kind of puts it, which I think is a great 
writer. Um, but she also was saying how in every book there's these, uh, you know, he, he, uh, Lee Child kind of runs out of uh, telling stories about how big Jack Reacher's hands are. <laughs> like, you know, he has hands the size of dinner plates and one of his hands the size of turkeys. Hands. So I was wondering. Great big hands. <laughs> <laughs> I'm wondering if, like, Barry Bannon has hands the size of infant pigeons. Oh, I wish I could think of somebody good to play him. I'm just thinking wee Jimmy Cranky, but that's really unfair on both of them. <laughs> both of those unfair. Van Dabby Dozy, I get to take a free kick from the edge of the area, and it's the 94th minute. <laughs> oh, the moment was too big for me again. <laughs> how, about a, how about a demonic streak from Peter Dinklage? That would be good. Oh, yeah. Dinklage would, would uh, bring the gravitas to the role that it requires. It fucking would. It would be fucking good, I'm going to be honest. Okay, I'm on board. Next. Let's do that next. Mission. Um, Missioned already. It's already on Amazon Prime. You know, there's some chances that I kind of brought up that just they kind of feel with the immaterial. Mm. Um, I remember we had a corner, we got a really weird throw in. And then, you know, the newly shorn Adam Reach. Yes. And reached with a new haircut, which was very strange, I must say. Well, his new sure if... dad was going to be at the ground today, so just, did you see Steve McLaren just poking his head out occasionally? So um, it was funny because my brother and I were talking about, we're like, what what happened to the Patterson Throwens? Because they, they, I think we've had a, a spell of games where we've just gone away with them, done away with them. I think Until he started yeah. taking them this game. Yeah, I don't know. I think it, it can get a bit predictable if it's every time. Yeah. I think there's like a kind of, and <laughs> I know from like when Antonio was like one of our very few weapons was his long throw. It really does mm. knack your shoulder doing like big throws again and again and again and again. So it might just be, because he did fall and hurt his arm, didn't he? A couple of games ago. If you remember, he came off. What was Who, Antonio? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Antonio. No, um, Patterson. It was one of the capitulations, if you can remember. I don't remember that one capitulation. One of the particular capitulations that in a, in a season full of capitulations. Okay. I'm sorry, there's just been one, so many. There was one where we brought, where we were winning, <laughs> and then we brought Rhodes on. Maybe it was Bristol City. Maybe it was Bristol City. Yeah, yeah, Patterson came off. The, yeah, so Patterson hurt his arm, hurt his shoulder um, in that game. So maybe that's why. That's completely like putting two and two together and maybe getting... 78 but uh he definitely he definitely hurt his arm in that bristol city game and came off with a, an injured arm so maybe he's had a couple of games off but then he's going to get the summer to do whatever with his shoulder so might as well might as well try it today and it yeah. worked for the for the goal made them look Good. distinctly uncomfortable pretty much every time he took one i think today mm. Mm. um a 21 minute mark um Actually, let's go a bit before. Pattinson on the 18th minute mark had another grumpy arguing match over something that didn't matter. Yeah, I don't know what that was. That was really weird. 21 minute mark, Luke makes a comment, is thinking of watching another game of football instead. (laughs) Um, Here's an idea, Rich. Maybe for one episode, I outsource the watching and notes of the game to some chaps in India. Oh, that might be fun. (laughs) We go go abuse the global market to get bad content. (laughs) We're, we're good at conceding fouls in the middle of the park. We're really good at that. And close to the goal and far away from the goal. Mm. I said Rhodes getting fouled on the 27th minute mark announced his arrival into the game. Yes. 
good old good old roads. Uh, Windass had a cross deflected out for a corner and then did a short corner routine on the 30-minute mark. That's not very good still. Going to Bannon. Um, Bannon's beard is looking good today. Yeah, you're impressed with his plumage. He took a long free kick and then Patterson won a throw-in around that time, around the kind of 31, 32-minute mark. That was good. Yeah. Uh, Another corner on the 33-minute mark, I said a lame train routine. You know, instead of love train. (laughs) People all over the world. Stand vaguely near each other, then don't move in any accordance with each other's movements. <laughs> I imagine a lame train is one where the lepers are routinely shipped out of town in an interrail. <laughs> yes. The commentator announced not a game for the football purists. Um, I would love to know who identifies as a football purist. Is that, it's a bit like being a foodie, isn't it? Like if you call yourself it, then... <laughs> worst is that i guess so i guess yeah. so um the derby bust reminds me of the head from art attack <laughs> can we cut did you, to did him you like some... the way it looked it looked like wayne rooney was like talking to it throughout i did i did that was <laughs> <laughs> i'd like to think you know in the film version of this game that when they got the result in the end that the, the statue sort of winks at him or something you know knowledge yeah him. i was with you all along I just like to think it just to be a one-man kind of Samuel Beckett play. Is it cloth? Who is it? Who's the? Do you know who the statues are? I googled this. It's someone I've never heard of. Oh right, you'd think it would be cloth, wouldn't you? I don't know. I, 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 would you think that'd be difficult being Steve Bloomer? Right, he's a man who made Feather of the Bloomer Loaf. Uh, exactly. Yes. <laughs> well, he has had quite an influence. Until there was sliced bread, that was the best thing. Uh, him and, and obviously him, Stephen and his brother Bob invented bloomers, the <laughs> underpants as well. They've... It's the best thing, thing since a bloomer loaf. And then people are like, oh, it's the best thing since sliced bread. The, blo- the bloomer loaf's old news, buddy. Take your statue somewhere else. <laughs> anyway, I liked, yeah, I liked the fact that he was having a sort of constant dialogue with it anyway. Mm. <laughs> He's there going, could be shaggy with a granular. If we if we manage to stay up, I'm gonna I'm gonna get me on the go. <laughs> really cheat myself. <laughs> you can choose to edit this out, but it could go down here. I'm gonna fuck that old people's home worse than COVID. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can edit that out, please. <laughs> <laughs> It was in character. <laughs> oh, get rid of it. Think? Would you like to leave it in or take it out? Delete it out. Delete it out. I kind of just did it just to be. Uh... I put seventeen twenty nine naughty joke. <laughs> um, speaking of Wayne Rooney, I just is a pithy comment from the second half. Um, and you know, I'll kind of curtail my halftime remarks. Um, yep. Wayne Rooney did have hair plugs, right? So I think he's had a few goes, but the story was the first time he did it was too soon. So he hadn't stopped. He hadn't stopped losing his hair when he had it. He was too young. So that was the first story. But it's really a bizarre situation up there, isn't it? It's like it looks a bit cad fileish now. Yeah, it's very. I think there's total coverage, but it's sort of theoretical in places, isn't it? It's like. <laughs> I think on a traditional 
crown of the head, you're looking at maybe four or five hairs in the space of, of one for, for Waza. It's very, um, mm. yeah, it's, it's, it's fascinating. We, I watched mm. a documentary on what's going on up there, all the different bits and pieces. <laughs> was that, was that, <laughs> you just, did, did he have hair plugs? Is that your question? Oh, uh, there's a question, but I, I did say it looks a bit like Cadfile. Yeah. Oh, Cadfile, yes, yeah, yeah. He's certainly not had whatever the plugs that Steve Carell had is the ones that everyone's aspiring to, um, and maybe a Stephen Fletcher. I mean, he he was he was uh, sporting quite a lot of hair, wasn't he? Last time we saw him. Mm. Uh, but I would not. Yeah, Wayne is not the best for the Harley Street Clinic that did what they did to him. He's not a walking advert, uh, certainly. <laughs> I'm, go, I'm going two doors down to the to the competition. I think. The old white pillow. Yes, yeah. Um, so, anything, any more from any more at that first half? No, it should be good. Should be good. Be right. Uh Second half. I've probably said this several times this season, but I've just put second half. What second half? We arrived late out onto the pitch and really brought an attitude of: Do we honestly have to do this again uh, with us to to the to the pitch? What do you think we arrived late both? Physically and mentally, we arrived late physically, and then really, really, we had, you know, we kept hitting snooze physically. There, there, there was eleven men in Sheffield Wednesday shirts on the pitch, but playing football was really not on the agenda for them today. If they could, uh, if they could help it, <laughs> um, Derby looked like a team that wanted to win a game of football and stay in the division by uh, comparison. Mm. Uh, in the 49th minute, they got an equaliser. Desperately poor defending. It was all happening in the right back spot. So I was watching it back, just thinking, where where's Liam Palmer in this? And he's just walking back. He made no attempt to get catch up with play. He was sort of ostensibly trying to pretend that he was marking somebody. And then that player made a dart into the box and he didn't speed up at all to keep up with him. Uh Really, you know, a right a right wing back has to be up and down that wing all the time, pretty much constantly moving. Like the least amount of movement while the ball's in play is probably going to be a jog because you've got to just stay on your toes. It's really disappointing to see the kind of the shot from the bar, from the sort of sideline. Palmer doesn't arrive in shot. He's not even in the kind of same postcode area as the box until after the goal is scored. It was really bad. And then Dunkley to compound it. So there's cross comes from that from that left wing for them. Um, and then Dunkley to compound it just watched Waghorn score his header. Uh, he looked to be in the right position to me. He is bigger than Waghorn. If he tried to head the ball, he would have got there ahead of him. He would have been able to clear it, but he just stayed on his feet and watched Waghorn jump up and score. Yeah. Really annoying. Uh, I, well, we'll come to it. The second half is just, it's dunkly, dunkly, dunkly uh, for me. And, and one bit of that was, was positive. The rest of it was all, was all pretty negative mm. um, because he's then involved three minutes later, they go ahead. Dunkley again, he's wrestling with Waghorn rather than, trying to win the ball uh he sort of makes a half-hearted gesture towards the pl- roberts who the ball broke to but didn't really make any attempt to to get 
near him or, or cover. And it meant that Roberts essentially had a free shot. And he hit an absolutely great curling ball beyond Westwood. It was a really good hit. That was wonderful. Yeah, really, really good goal. I can't... Questions in the build-up, but uh, yeah, what a finish. So we've gone from having a un- an undeserved lead to not just drawing, but but actually falling behind in the game. What, how are you feeling sort of at this point? I just feel like the floor's been ripped out from yeah. underneath me. And I'm just wondering when that moment I do my comedic Wally Coyote look down to realise that there's no floor beneath <laughs> me and gravity's going to take over before I bring my help, my help sign up <laughs> to the camera. You know, the plummet, plummet to earth. It was so route one. And I mean, I, I don't know what it was like for your footage, but essentially they were still looking at, I think, a highlight from Wednesday attacking. I think it was. Yeah. Because it came from a goal kick, right? It did. It did, yeah. Yeah. yeah it's pretty much Ruse just pumping it long. Um, yep. There was a flick on, and then that came to the flick on to Waghorn. Yeah. Waghorn, who was having his little mini um, <laughs> uh, mini David Arquette amateur <laughs> wrestling tussle. Um, and then, yeah. But not as good as the documentary. No. Um, and then flicked on to, you know, then kind of Waghorn just played it into Roberts, who just looked like he does that old game. Looks like he does that every game of the season. Yeah, and really made made Rooney's some of Rooney's choices pay off I think he was a surprise choice uh, but obviously scoring a goal like that makes really makes your manager look clever for for playing you um very, yeah just disappointing on the defense again I mean if you've got three defenders you should be able to mark one striker and uh, sorry two strikers and a runner like that's what you're set up for that's the point of it uh but mm-hmm. Yeah, a failure again by by the system and by the players within that system. Um, I've then put because you know this is a team where you're we're sort of bereft of hope. We don't really know where the next goal is going to come from. Every goal we score feels like something of a <laughs> a surprise and um, something akin to a miracle. We we managed to get our own sort of quick turnaround double uh, in the sixty second minute. Once again, some real bravery for, from Jordan Rhodes. Uh, the ball then fell at the feet of, uh, of Forsyth, who of Forsyth, who just sort of dollied it up for Patterson, who just tucked it away. Absolutely no bother. I don't even think he looked up. He just hit it, and it was in, and it was a goal. Um, a, a sort of few minutes later than that, uh, 69th minute. Nice. Uh, we scored from a. <laughs> From a corner, this was a bit of a, it was a bit of a kind of pinbally type situation, because um, mm. it got flicked up at the front post. Was it? Do you know who flicked it up at the front post? Can you? Remember? Not sure. It's one of the derby players, right? Yeah, might have been sight again. It's again like they've given us a couple of flick ons. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I fought for the first goal. Actually, I thought it was their defender who flicked it on from Patterson's it might header. Well, have been. Which then Rhodes headed and then. Yeah, but it was for, that was definitely Forsyth. So Forsyth is kind of everywhere. Like he was our best player today. I think he yeah, had I think to happen so. everything good that I we think did. So. <laughs> uh, well, uh, again, uh, there were questions of offside on Hutchinson's goal, but then my, I was chatting with my old brother Andy, and he was saying, "Well, Forsyth kept him on at the back stick." He did. I think they showed a really misleading angle straight after the goal, which was just the six-yard box. Yeah. But actually, when you pulled back and saw from the byline, 
he was I think he was quite clearly played on by Forsyth, who was stood by Burner mm-hmm. in the initial exchange. But that this the yeah, the third goal for Wednesday, uh, it was offside, wasn't it? There's no pretty much no doubt. That about is it. offside. Yeah. Uh the ball flicked from the front post, presumably by a Derby player, and if it's a Derby player, it might as well be Craig Forsyth. Um nodded down by Dunkley, and it was it was Burner that was offside because he was the most forward man in the whole in the whole ground. Um and this this felt incredible because previously yeah. previously I said the two one down, I said Wednesday have to do the unthinkable and score from being behind twice. Mm. And also this means that for Derby County at that point a two one, that would be the first time in the season that they'd be in a winning position from being behind. Yes. Or if it would have ended there, they would have won the game. First time out of about 25 occasions that they've been behind and and won. Yeah, it's... Um, so, can we have a little bit of fun with my piffy comments about the Patterson goal? Please. Uh, Rhodes gets injured every time we score in this game. Yes. <laughs> Interesting little superhero foible. Breakable, perhaps. <laughs> and then, that, did he have a cut on his eye or something? Oh, I didn't notice that. So he had a bit of Vaseline put on there or something. So underneath his left eye, he had this, like a real Lisa Left Eye Lopez kind <laughs> okay. of bit of, uh, bit, of war, bit of white war paint. I said, uh, the Vaseline makes him look a bit catchagoo. <laughs> and then I said, he's too goal shy. Hush, hush, <laughs> shy bow eye. Lovely. Uh, yeah, uh, he was in the wars today. He really put his put himself in positions to get to get hurt. I don't know mm. where that centre backs come from for Derby, but he really looked like Clark. It is. It, it, it really he he sort of had that look of um, like when you were kids and you played with like you played football against dads, and he really had that like he just looked massive next to everybody, and he again has this kind of like he had almost like a. 70s style comb over hairdo as well and it just felt like this sort of 50 year old man was just showing everybody up basically mm. by, be- by being bigger and stronger than them and uh it was nice to see yeah Rhodes just went went in on him and won that uh, well didn't win the header but he sort of created enough uh of a you know his presence created enough havoc to to result in the ball dropping rather than getting cleared as easily as it had normally been mm. um so then we had a little bit of a lull in, in the action. Uh, and at the 78th minute, pretty much just as news broke that Cardiff had equalised, Dunkley took his cue to absolutely take out Joswiak in the box and give mm-hmm. away a penalty. Yeah, Another in a long line of this is not a tackle that needed to be made. We had mm-hmm. a goalkeeper in a good position. He was still getting the ball out from under his feet. And Burner was in a good position to put in a tackle. Dunkley does not need to make the foul he makes, but he made it. He was determined to make it. He was determined to make contact. Making contact was always going to give the penalty away, and he did it. Uh, Do you think if we, you know, ho, 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 thank you, Mike D, sliding tackle was the nature of your your email, (laughs) name of your email? Yes. Uh, in that moment, like, there's so many moments where we needlessly give away penalties. Yeah. But then we kind of look back and we kind of JFK it. And frankly, it never looks like it. They uh, so many of them are like, I would give, I would give the attacker 
you know, the option there. And I don't think it's, you know, these things are never a yeah. nail on, nailed on goal. So what what percentage do you think that this Yoziak bags in that? I would give it about 40% in that situation. Yeah, it's definitely not a given. He, he'd, he'd overrun the ball. The ball was kind of like among his feet kind of thing rather than being out. Mm. So it wasn't an easy strike. I don't know whether he's left-footed or right-footed, but he was in a position where he could only really hit it with his left. Um, who, who was to the right of Dunkley? Was that Burner? That was Burner, yeah. So Burner kind of looked like he might be able to kind of get that covered. I thought he could have got round potentially, yeah. If if at the point you get to the point where Yossiak is there to pull the trigger. Yeah, it, it's it, it, like, I mean, I can't, how many times have we had this? It, you just it's not a given it's yeah it's more likely than not he doesn't get a goal in that situation mm. um, let's be honest as well Josviak one goal in 41 appearances for Derby and he's right footed by the way right I mean I, I shouldn't be surprised at one goal because Derby are a team who've barely scored <laughs> barely scored goals yeah, yeah. <sighs> to, to a lesser tune than Sheffield Wednesday to a lesser tune than Sheffield Wednesday and let's be honest I'm going to look at the standings here to get this. So, 36 goals, four of which are from Sheffield Wednesday, scoring at Sheffield Wednesday this season. Yeah. So they have scored a ninth of their overall goal total in two games against Sheffield Wednesday, which are one out of 23, basically. Yeah. It it made me very angry for a brief second there. It's it, it, it's the mindlessness. It's that... And, and... I just hate the removal of, as you say, these are situations that are, it's not a given. This is not somebody, Hutch's attempt at the handball in the first half is like, well, I, I can sort of understand that. It's going in. If I manage to poke it around and nobody notices, then it's a kind of, I mean, I'd, I'd argue it's stupid as well, but, you know, you take you take a red card there, but you stop, an, you stop a goal happening. That's a different situation to... This is somebody on the penalty spot with the ball not quite under control. As you say, we've got a covering defender mm. that might be able to put a, put a, a foot in or just bring some presence to bear. You know, just a shoulder, not too much. I mean, I don't know that I trust Burner in that situation. He could have just as easily hacked him down as well, <laughs> given half a chance. Um, but... Let's presume for a moment Berner is having one of his better moments and he just sort of is able to lean on him without giving a foul away. He could easily have just... Josviak could have fallen over under that pressure. And the, mm. you know, nothing else. And then Westwood's in a decent position as well. So he's got to produce a good finish on his weaker foot after he's got the ball under control or you just run at him like a big lummox and give them a, a, a penalty, which is essentially a free go. Yeah, so annoying. It was a brilliant penalty, Waghorn. One of the best penalties I've seen in ages. Under that sort of pressure, is impressive. Um, yeah. Westwood had absolutely no chance. He went the right mm -hmm. way, sort of, but he never ever would have. There's no, you don't save those as goalkeepers when they're high and quick like that. You can't. The body, human body can't react that quick. Um, Made me wonder if we were, you know which is maybe an opposite of what we really were. We looked to be the so solid crew as for 21 seconds we were out of the bottom three. 
It felt, I, I don't know, it must have, it was, it, was, it was literally probably about that as an estimate. It probably was, yeah. But it, yeah, that was the, such a heartbreaking thing that we just got news that Cardiff equalised. I was pumping my fist at that one, and then I looked up to see Dunkley just, yeah. just bulldoze his way through Yosviak. I, I keep seeing it back. It is like a car crash or a nightmare. It's I keep seeing that yeah. moment back. Um, uh, it's it's just such an awful piece of decision making. Uh, you've got to ask why on earth was he on the pitch? He did not. He didn't look right all game, and he, we were lucky that he didn't cost us more goals. He cost us two, two or three, maybe out of their three. Mm. Um, and could have could have been at fault for others. He just looked dreadful. I really hate, hate seeing the comment from someone on social media about what, somewhere, I'm not sure if it was Al's talk or whether it was on Twitter, mm. saying that, you know, big call to bring Dunkley in and, and to shove Urahide to one side. Yeah. Which is a really big call, considering Urahide hasn't been very good. But again, it's that question of, like I said, at the foot of the show, or the foot of the review of this, I should say, Mm. It's a big occasion to shuffle the defence. It, it's so you you've got the option that you could keep Palmer where he was. Um, I don't think Patterson right wing back worked, but you could put no. Harris in there. No, um, you could put Origide there, or if you're moving Palmer, Origide is a possibility. I think Hutch only works in the middle of that three. I don't think he's got the legs for being the right hand side of it. Um, although it wasn't, he wasn't really at fault for any of the, the bad things today. Uh, although he did have one of his moments where he kind of got away with a bit of a naughty he, tackle in the middle of uh, the first half. It's the weird thing with Hutchinson. We can get into it next week. Um, he hasn't been hasn't been the the worst. No, the worst of the three on on many occasions when he's been there. It's difficult to say that he's been a rock for us. No. I think that's. Uh, I, I don't think that's right. But, no, I don't, I, yeah, he's not been the. He's not been a rock, but I do think he can do a job there with yeah. action of the two other players. Same as, but like, it's the problem with all of them. They're all kind of fragile. In in fight sports, we talk about people that are glass cannons. So like, they're <laughs> they're good. They're good enough at hitting themselves that they are dangerous. So they've got. They've got something about them, but there's a kind of there's a fragility there. So you know, it, you, it's a kind of who goes first sort of thing. And that all of our defenders are like all right-ish to a point, but fragile. And if there's mm. three of them, then hopefully you can share the risk and the blame and the worries. And hope hopefully they don't all have a bad moment all at once. There'll be t- one or two that have a good moment when he when. <laughs> when the others having a having a a strange you know moment or making a mistake, so that's the benefit of the three. It's just that three today. There's no recovery pace in there, as we saw on the 83rd minute. It's not wasn't meant to be a segue, but um, you know they broke out from our own set piece and and had a had a really good chance to make it four three and you know really rub salt into the wounds when when Roberts broke through one on one. I thought Westwood did brilliantly there. He was so calm and mm. waited for the player to commit, and then just just took the ball <laughs> once he uh, once he sort of failed to commit to do anything. Um, no, I think you're right. I think we need to, you know, it's, it will be part of the discussion next week, Hutch, and what we think about him 
this season and going forward. Mm. Uh, I know you... I I think I'm more of a fan of Eric Ide than you are, by and large, and maybe it wouldn't be hard. Uh, But I... Go on, on, sorry. No, but it's... It's the thing with Arihide right now, I want to say. Is going forward, is, you know, there's a lot of clamor to say, especially I saw like Joe Cran put on Twitter. Um, I barely follow the star journalists with the greatest respect. <laughs> um, but he said, you know, like I should have been clamored to sign for Longdale after Brighton and Leeds. Um, I don't know, but then, I mean, would we have just had another Matt Penny situation? Maybe. The guy does have a lot of potential. He's had some very, very promising moments for Sheffield Wednesday. Um, it's about whether you can kind of accommodate and cut the stage to either set him up for success or kind of weather the storm with him while he goes through and makes some errors. He's made a few very costly errors for Sheffield Wednesday. I, but I think he plays like a young player that knows a mistake takes him out of the squad and, or takes him out of the team. I think he's playing moment to moment in a way that most players don't. And maybe that will never leave him. He's playing very much like a young player. I think I can hear his internal monologue when he's playing and he's go, he's saying, right, okay, my head and out, got to get my head right. You know, like it's kind of like he's playing moment to moment in a way, almost like, I mean, if you if anybody's played like the be a player mode or be a pro mode or whatever of, of FIFA or or, or um, Pro Evo, like the game is almost about like, well, I better not mess up in my moments. And I, what I can see Origide almost thinking that, but that's been his experience so far. If he's the one that makes the mistake, he gets dropped. It doesn't actually matter that he's playing next to Burner, who drops a clanger every single game. He gets picked again. So it's like he's, nobody's shown any confidence in him. So it's hard for him to have confidence himself, I think. Um, but yeah, whether this is the right time and place to, to let him learn those lessons, I, I'm absolutely not sure. Uh, what is bizarre today, and I think where a huge chunk of the blame has to go is why have we forced an un, an unfit? Well, not unfit. He played the ninety minutes. He's not on. Unf- or, or, or didn't quite play the ninety. Did he? he came off towards the end. Um, but he played 87 minutes, so it's, you know, spitting distance. Uh, he's not unfit. He just looked like he hadn't played very much football at all. He looked off the pace. He looked, it's that match sharpness, you know. Fitness is one thing, sharpness is another. He looked rusty today. All day he looked rusty. And what did we get for it? We got one good header in their box and mm. one good header in our box because it was a corner that he cleared quite well. But I would argue that was a we paid a heavy, heavy price for a, a pretty meagre return in terms of rolling the dice on Che Dunkley today. I think yeah. a gamble not worth making, mm-hmm. uh, particularly after keeping a clean sheet last week. I think keep that defence together by and large. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything else? That, that 83rd minute chance really is the last thing I've noted. Uh, I don't really remember much in the way of us... That that's it. I thought six minutes was generous. Yeah, I six minutes. I don't really know where that came from. No, I felt weirdly calm at about the 80th minute. I felt that we could probably score again. Interesting. But then usually every time I think that, it reality evades me pretty heavily. <laughs> so, 
I mean, it's a lot. You you go and you know it. It feels very typical kind of football manager speak. But you go and you, um, you go and you score three goals away. You expect to win the game. Yeah, and that's been a recurring theme of getting it. We've got it pretty much okay up front of late, and uh, it's the it's the back door that's well and truly let us down, as the act just said to the bishop. <laughs> Any uh, anything else to sort of pick up from that second half? No, I don't think so. I think that's that's about it for my notes. Um, so, yeah, down, down into League One again. Mm. Um, how do you how do you feel about that, Rich? I mean, we've t- we've sort of talked on the show to an extent. We've been it's better to know the the unknowing, the the may the ifs, the buts, the maybes, the hope has been, mm. I think, quite difficult to live with this for probably like the last month or so, maybe longer. Um, we have continuously not done enough and then somehow been bailed out by the ineptitude and bad form of others. Uh, I mean, Derby came into this game the worst form in any of any team in English football. Uh, and that's the only thing that's kept us alive because we've been bad underneath them if we'd been anywhere near competent ourselves we we would have we've had countless chances we've had countless moments you can point to that that corner you can point to so many that you can point to balance penalty the the fact of the matter is we've had more than enough opportunities and this as a as a collective as a as individuals within that collective they're just not up to the task Mm -hmm. i I hope we get to feel. I, I hope we don't drop into like weeks and weeks of silence. Now, I think this is where the club needs to. There needs to be a bit of a communication strategy. I want to. F- I want to feel confident that we've got a manager going forward. I want to feel there's a hand at the tiller in terms of a rebuild that needs to happen. I think we've only got seven or eight players on the books now. Uh, the drop to League One itself. I, I'm disappointed, but I've been ready for it. It was the most likely outcome at the start of the season. So I've been kind of mentally prepared for it throughout this season. It's still sad. It's still disappointing. And, um, you know, and I, I, I was hoping as much as anyone that we would turn it around. But it, it's not surprising that we're here. It's not by accident. How, how about you? How are you feeling? It feels like when it happened that it felt um, it felt nice to know. Yeah. But it, it kind of feels a bit like... I don't know. It just hasn't happened to me, but it it, it made me think of a friend who lost their mum, and she's an old she's not like that me. She's someone I used to work with. Mm. So it, it's kind of getting towards you know as we all you know you and I have both lost a parent, so mm. it's very emotional. And even when things are older, like if you're having a parent who's in a you know a dying state, you know, and in a bad state for a while that um, there can be a bit of relief with that. So the, I did feel a bit of relief. You know, my thoughts are then, it is sad, and I feel like waves of this will probably keep coming. I remembered when we last went down, it felt a big thing for me to go on the News Now, and then News Now had moved us from Championship slash Sheffield Wednesday to League mm. One <laughs> Sheffield Wednesday. That felt like there are weird things that will come and see. I don't know. It's difficult because I feel that i don't know what the future brings it feels like it should be brighter than what it is now because it's been so bad 
because it's just been so awful and so poorly run and everything's just been so poorly handled on and off the pitch. Yeah. It feels like it should be better, but I don't know what the... We don't know what where the bottom is for Sheffield Wednesday. No, no. That feels bad. Um, so I don't know, but it, it feels a bit of relief. I feel a bit of relief that it's going to be a huge, huge undertaking to do a lot of surgery on this football club. But I'm glad that there's a number of these players that I'm not going to see again. Who's who's top of the list? Who's top of the list? Wow. There's so many. Um, God, that's a really good question. That's almost a bit like the question of saying, you know, what is the moment that you, like, what is a pivotal moment in this season? Yeah. And there's so many. Maybe it's so, one next week. That um, we, could have a, we could have an end of season. Don't don't let the door hit you on your ass on the way out of it. <laughs> Let's do that. Let's do that. Okay. <laughs> Let's do that. Let's just kind of focus on today, I guess. Well, so, right it, I mean, probably someone who's in that conversation. Did you, did you like me really feel like, I don't understand this. There's just something, he did have a better game today. Did you feel like our chance of scoring went, took a nosedive when Rhodes came off? <laughs> yes, yes. And I don't. It is a weird one. I don't, I don't. I never I don't feel like he's weird. dangerous on the pitch. <laughs> I know, I know. But then when he's gone, you're like, oh. I just, he's a fulcrum that the attack can build around to an extent. And taking him away, particularly for somebody like Kachunga, who is, he doesn't have a physical presence, Kachunga. I I, I, I wish we'd seen a lot more of Kachunga this season. I, I, think, I think he's an underrated player who's not yeah. been given the chances that he really should have had. Mm-hmm. But, but... I don't think he's the replacement for Rhodes in that situation when you're chasing a goal. And I felt like our little half chances that came after that, like there was one that the goalkeeper spilled and there was something else. And you're like, this is exactly, these are Rhodes chances. These are like, he would be mm. there. Um, or at least he'd know that he should be there and then not be able to get there quick enough because his that body has completely failed him. We've missed a lot of presence in body and stature, haven't we? Mm. In spirit and stature. Yeah. Like that's the that's the big underlying narrative to our forward line is we've really missed a huge target man. We've missed a kind of ruggedly handsome Kosovan sort of presence, I think. Mm. Yeah, we have. We uh, really have. <laughs> uh, Someone well, just a bit of a bit of swagger around yeah. that penalty box, you know? Like that feels a big thing. Like I think we. <laughs> I feel like you have that in Patterson, but I don't think you have that in spirit with Patterson. Do you think they've both got um, BDE? Big Dick Energy. Yeah. Do you think they've both got... <laughs> Do you think? Do you think we need um, Pete Davidson? I'm saying that live. Do you think that's a common... I think that's a common trait. I think they've both got... They just... They bring it to bear in different ways, but I think they've both got... They've both got a kind of... They're both packing, and they they, they they hold that confidence. Well, we know that Callum's the Highland Highland tripod, but he's, he's not <laughs> he's not bringing that BDE, is he? He doesn't you have a swagger around it. Like that finish. That was a good finish. Yeah, that was a big yeah, swagging yeah. finish. Big swagging finish. <laughs> but no, but nobody really has that confidence in Chutzpah. No, up top, do they? No. No one's um, no one's doing a Stevie Fletcher and uh, 
hawking hawking a candle about how, what the taint smells like. <laughs> exactly. Um, just to just kind of go back, actually, there's, there's um, one silly thing I want to say Fletcher, yeah. about not about Stephen Fletcher about about oh. Wednesday, just for the end of this. I'm reminded about the Harry Hill joke. Okay. About how like they had to turn Nanan had to turn Nanan off at the hospital. Nice. We couldn't have we couldn't have they needed the plug for something else. We couldn't have toast and Nanan. <laughs> and it feels like way with us. We can't have toast and Sheffield Wednesday. <laughs> yeah. So that was another little minor frustration today in terms of the team. Our, I feel like our best and better performances have come with Patterson being part of that three in midfield, like him being the deeper one and Wynn mm. Rhodes being the partnership. Mm. And I don't, I've never quite been convinced by Patterson and Rhodes as a partnership. And I know it bore some fruit. We got a goal out of it today, but it never feels natural. I don't think Patterson is, he's not a natural target man. I think he's good enough at it. He's obviously big enough and strong enough, but it's like he's doing, he's, it's a trick he's playing rather than something he's good at naturally he's not um there's not an inherent ability there and obviously Rhodes can I think Rhodes is probably slightly better at it or at least knowing where to be and what to do Mm. whether he can actually get there is often not often a problem but that's that was to me I I I like I think Patterson one of the best things Pulis did I think I think he might be right in saying that Patterson is a he's a kind of attacking midfielder I think probably is his best position Mm. Um, anyway, so should we still sort of look at? Do we? So we're in a strange position. But we've not had many times this season of having a draw. So do we? We can pick a villain and a hero, uh, or we can pick a villain or a hero. Um, any any sort of I positive standouts. Positive standouts. Craig best player yeah. I've ever signed. Oh, true, true. Did some good uh, defensive playmaking for us, right? It's, it's, it's negative, negative playmaking. Negative playmaking. Um, weirdly, Rhodes. Yeah, yeah. Because you know he was kind of in and around. He was, uh, he was really ze- zelig, zeligging. <laughs> and Wednesday's kind of goal opportunities, right? Yeah. And then when he went off, yeah, the the kind of goal goals kind of crumbled. The goal That's chance, the goal opportunities crumbled. Even though yeah. he never. He never had one for himself or fashioned anything. No, no. We didn't even get to blame him for spurning anything, did we? No, he didn't have a, he didn't have any chances today, really. And I think, well, the one chance he had was that uh, from the long throw, and he did as well as I mean, he did better than could be expected with it. The, the power he got on his sort of side header was fantastic, and if it was any less powerful, the keeper probably catches it fairly easily but the fact that yeah. he, he got it down and got so much power behind it meant that it was spilled for for Hutch to poke mm. into the goal so yeah no I think that's a good I think that's a good call positive wise uh, I think we're gonna have different villains Ooh, I think I know who your villain is I'll tell you who my villain is I go for it Westwood wow I think he could have done better with at least two of those goals well everything barred the penalty basically interesting I thought the I thought the, the second one was just such a good hit, but it was maybe. a good hit. But he uh, there was a question over his positioning to right. quote the commentator ahead. First one he should be getting to. Yeah, I think I think if we have I think if Kieran Westwood is anywhere near the level that he used to be at, he gets to that. He gets to it. You know, questions over defending. Yes, 
yeah, he had to know it was like it was so obviously coming in the you know like he had to be ready for a a shot to come in that situation and Mm. and to sort of look caught out is a is a bad spot to be in. That's fair enough. I hadn't really put that together, but yeah. So I mean, mine is as you say, it's it's probably I've I've not really um, buried the lead at all. I thought (laughs) Dunkley was an absolute horror show today, all game. Yeah. he got away with some and still was at the heart of, I think, every goal they scored, uh, which is some going, really. <laughs> he was there. He was there. There, It was our answer to Craig Forsyth. Uh, just terrible choice to play him, I thought. Um, the, the big unforgivable one is the penalty, though. That's the one that's more than anything. Uh, you know, he took... He took, he took <laughs> took the action into his own hands and really shouldn't have bothered. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, there we go. That's the end of a season. It's uh, wow. it's been tough. It, it, knowing is better, but it still doesn't make the situation much better. <laughs> um, I can't. I weirdly can't believe it's over. I know. It feels like this. It feels like so many times. It's like, oh, it's done. No, we've got four more games of this. You're like, oh, for fuck's yeah, sake. Yeah. I know, 46 it, games. Yeah. And it's incredibly close over the course of... I mean, it would have been it would have been nice to be a casual observer watching this because, obviously, that's tremendous drama. The, the, there were three different teams safe at different mm. points today. Um, we end rock bottom of the league. Absolutely rock bottom, yeah. It was 40, 47 points before deduction, 41 after. So 47 um, would have put us comfortable, but only just. Yes. And we're safe, but not comfortable, sorry. If you're not comfortable, but safe. Um, I'm enjoying this. I'm just on ESPN. They've got the, the championship title. For some reason, for Sheffield Wednesday, they couldn't go with... They've got three letters for everyone else's acronyms. Okay. Or short shortenings, I should say, abbreviations. Um, but they have to go for four for us. SHFW. Maybe wow. that's because it's... Comfort. Maybe they've decided to do the same thing with Sheffield United. Maybe who knows? Oh. Obviously, but not in this division, so it doesn't really matter. Um, so forty-six games, twelve wins, eleven draws, twenty-three losses, um, forty goals scored, which is the third worst in the league. Sixty-one conceded, which um, we tie with a few teams called Coventry and Birmingham. Okay. Less goals conceded than Rotherham, which is interesting. Right. Uh, more goals conceded than Derby, but more goals scored. We have a better goal record than Derby. We have minus 21 on difference, which is about the same as Huddersfield as well. Okay. Hmm. Mm. It's just, yeah, it's a strange, uh, strange feeling. Really strange feeling. Mm. Um, but, uh, well, yeah. So, as you say, next next week we'll have our season review. Mm-hmm. That's going to be interesting. Uh it should be fun. It should be fun. In we'll, well, we'll find some fun amidst the mire. Uh, and thanks for thanks for sticking with us, folks. And uh, all the best for the week ahead. And we'll 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 talk again next week. But uh, now we know. Now we know it's League One football. It's not the worst thing in the world. The worst things happen at sea. All that jazz. Cheerio, Luke. <laughs> See you, Rich. Have a good everyone. Thank you.